What up, my little watermelon truffles? How are you? Welcome to Barely About Music. Yeah, man, I'm back. I uh, I want to do... I've been enjoying doing those episodes where um, no guest, and we just talk about some music, some songs I feel like people should hear about. It's kind of like an interactive playlist. Uh, so I wanted to do one of those uh, this week, and then... Uh, I got a cool one coming out next week. I'm stoked about the people have asked me to do. So that's going to be good. Um, aside from that, <clears throat> I keep getting sick for some reason. Um, I had uh, I had a fever, okay? Uh, and now what a fever is, is when you decide to uh, have a vegetarian diet, but also you hate vegetables. So instead, you basically just have beer. And... You do that for the better part of a few weeks, um, and, and then you end up uh, seeing dancing hallucinations in your bedroom in the middle of the night, uh, breaking every thermometer you put in your mouth. So anyway, so I had that. And then what I decided to do um, is cure that by going to a sauna, okay? Because, you know, why would I quarantine myself when I could really bring my um, my problem to the people, you know, really, really spread it around, really spread the awareness and the contagiousness of my my problem. So I went to the sauna and I was sitting in there, and there's a little window on the door, and I'm looking through it, and I'm looking at the ground, and then I'm looking through it, and then I'm looking at the ground, the wood paneling, some nice wood paneling in there. I think most saunas have that. Then I look up, and uh, there's a man looking back at me through the little window. Okay, and that's a it's a rare occurrence. I go there often. Uh, it's never happened before. Usually, people they don't want to like you know what men's room etiquette is like, right? Like if you're a, a male man, a male specimen, you know that you keep your eyes to the ground. Uh, you don't acknowledge anybody. It's kind of like that in the gym too. No one wants to make any friends in the bathroom, uh, typically. Okay. Um, some people do. Uh, I'm not one of them. I'm very private in the bathroom. So I make eye contact with this gentleman and he, uh, I must look very invitational because he smiled at me and so I immediately looked at the ground and then he was gone and, uh, and it made me nervous inside, okay? And, uh, and, and I, I, I wanted to really just be in the sauna just with my illness, just me and my my illness, just get some quality time in with my fever, you know, really get to know the the ins and outs, and really really read my fever front to back, and uh, and then I hear the creaking of the door, and it's my worst fears, and it's this man, and he he basically I don't know if you watched Last Man on Earth, but there's a character on there. Uh, spoiler alert: not the Last Man on Earth. The lawsuit is pending. But there's a character on there who's like kind of like an overweight Italian dude, balding mustache, uh, golf shirt, stripy, tucked into khakis. That was this guy, okay? This guy was cut from the same die cast mold, and he looked real happy to see me. And what he said, uh, he had a big, big beloved smile on his face, as Dino Archie would say, and he offered to... Well, actually, he stated that it would be a good idea if he came and sat right beside me. Okay? And it's, 
it's good to sit next to your friend, okay? Sometimes it's good to sit next to a stranger, like someone you don't know, because then potentially you can make a new friend. Like the bus is maybe a good place for that, or maybe at a concert, some sort of entertainment venue. Not the sauna, not when you got a fever, okay? So I looked back at him, you know, because normally this kind of thing in this kind of setting doesn't really end heterosexually. But I looked at him <clears throat> and I said... Uh, no, not at all, which is a weird, polite, but yet vapid response to such a such an intrusive statement. Hey, I should come sit next to you. No, not at all. Like, you wouldn't see that in a book, right? Like, you wouldn't, if you read that in a book, you'd be like, someone should have proofread this because that, that is not a, uh, a quality exchange. And then he looked at me and he said, your loss. And I felt vulnerable, and I felt used, and I felt worthless. I felt used up, okay? And this motherfucker's out there treating young, confused, fever-ridden young men like this on the streets, he must be stopped. So if you see that, if you think you're looking at a cast member from Last Man on Earth, it's probably this guy. And uh, tell him, tell him Kevy sent you, and tell him not his loss, he has a fever. song Daydreaming by Massive Attack. It's off their first record, which is called Blue Lines. Now, what's important about this album is that it's pretty much quintessentially the first trip-hop record. Uh, it was produced by Nelly Hooper, who's more or less an unspoken extra member of Massive Attack, but he had a, he had a couple groups before that were sort of like hinting at trip-hop, but this is the quintessential trip-hop record. Um, Tricky is in it is, Was in the group at this point And he spits a verse um, That ended up being on his first album Maxine Quay um, And Maxine Quay Is what took trip hop the, As a genre Into the mainstream really And then like everyone's album Sounded like that afterwards Like Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill Which is the highest selling record I think of the 90s Uh Super trip hoppy. Nelly Hooper worked on it. Nelly Hooper ended up producing like U2 and Madonna and, and everybody because, quintessentially, because of this album, Blue Lines. Um, it's cool because what it is, it, it's like a hip hop record that isn't, um, it doesn't feel that way to people who aren't hip hop heads, you know? Like it has elements of dub and pop. But the thing that is makes trip-hop different than hip-hop is that it's sampled movie scores and ambience. So it's more orchestral, it's more dramatic. Um, it's typically not party music, which was what hip-hop kind of was at the time. This is the late 80s. And uh, it's important for that reason. And, and it really did spawn portishead and like i said before tricky and then ronnie size and they were all from this same area of england called bristol and bristol um i got to tour there before and i was really excited to, to get to that area and i wasn't sure what to expect and it was actually kind of like a rich area um which uh was interesting to me because it sounds like kind of like street music to me um 
But if you're going to go down the rabbit hole, this isn't Massive Attack's best record. I think Mezzanine is, which came two records later. And Mezzanine is huge. Like, if you watch that show House, uh, the opening credits are to a song called Teardrop. Beautiful song. Uh, One of the great chord progressions and tempos of 90s music, I think. And it's really heavy. And it's, it's difficult to use distorted guitars without being cheesy. And Mezzanine by Massive Attack does that. And uh, and bands like Don't Your Skate Plan covered songs from it. Like it's just a really respected record. Okay, now trip hop became uh, pretty mainstream pretty quick. It was kind of like what mainstream releases embraced to to sound hip. Uh, and I think a big part of that is that Nellie Hooper, who I was just talking about, who was more or less part of um, the Wild Bunch, which was Massive Attack's original incarnation, and then he produced a bunch of Massive Attack stuff. He got hired to produce... Uh, the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack from like, I think that was like 95, 96. And when that movie was coming out, the studio went all in on the soundtrack more than the movie. So there was like a, a song called Love Fool by a Swedish band called The Cardigans. And that was a huge hit and no one expected that. The band Garbage had a huge hit on there. Um, and there was this great Radiohead song, which was actually a Nelly Hooper remix that he did of a, an acoustic B-side song from uh, Radiohead's Iron Lung EP, and that song is called Talk Show Host, and it's a, it's a great song. They barely play it live, um, and it, it was like an integral part to the movie, because they actually wrote a song for the movie, which was called Exit Music for a Film, and it was supposed to just be at the end of the movie, um, a song just for the end of that movie, but they ended up using it on their album, OK Computer, which is one of the great records of the 90s, I think. do this episode without talking about Tricky Maxine Quay, which is arguably my favorite album of all time. Um, basically, when he left Massive Attack to do a solo record, um, he met this 15-year-old girl outside of his apartment. It was Martina Topley Bird. And then he asked her to come sing on a song. And uh, and then she's all over this 
record and the next record also. Um, there, once again, this was in an area called Bristol in England, and uh, it was uh, it really was the face of trip hop. And so, Tricky was there, and he was working on this record, and he sampled an Isaac Hayes song called Ike Song Two, I think it's called. And then he made what ended up being his first big single, which is called Hell's Around the Corner. And then another band from the same city, Portishead, released their single, uh, Glory Box, came out the same year uh, and had the same sample. And I think it was the same engineer even. And so I'll play those bits of those back to back so you can hear it. But it's, it's interesting. I don't know if it was like competitive. One thing that's cool about Portishead too is that they don't do press or interviews or anything. So you don't know why they did anything why they did this stuff. In fact, the only time they've done press in like the last 15 years is uh, Jeff Barrows. He's a producer now, but he was the main songwriter and creative force in Portishead. He came out of retirement of interviews just to say that Fantagram is copying Portishead. (laughs) I kind of see what he means, but I don't agree with it. I think they're inspired by it. How could you not be? Um, But I wouldn't say that they're copying it. But I wish instead of that, he'd just do another Portishead album. Because the last album was called Third, and I think it came out like 12 years ago or something. So those of us that love Portishead are waiting for it. So anyway, I'm going to play a bit of Hell's Around the Corner first. Glory Box by Portishead right after that. down the corridors of my life. And when you That was just kind of like a quick rundown of trip hop I, I thought I'd do. I know a lot about it. I really love it. It's uh, my probably my favorite style of music. Uh, the solo music that I do is inspired by it. Uh, the soundtrack work I do, whenever I'm going to do something for the Soska Sisters, I basically just like, you know, trying to do some trip hop stuff. Um, I love it. People seem to like taking their clothes off to it, which is my biggest inspiration. Um, I love when 
fathers do that to my songs. Yeah. Um, so so that's that, man. Uh, check out those records. Get into Mass Attack. Get into Tricky. Get into Porter's Head. Um, Lamb is another good band. Uh, so they're, yeah, check that out. Uh, also, my band, Fake Shark, just released a new single called Feel Alive. I'm going to play it on the outro of this episode. So check that out. Thanks for listening. Next week, I'm, I'm going to have actual guests again. I was supposed to on this episode. Dino Archie was going to do it, but he had to fly back to California uh, to do a show. And then Hannah George was going to do it, but she had to fly back to Toronto to do a show. So they're coming up, I swear. Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs>